0: personalization options, and exclusive colors on the website, or you can get a blank one on Amazon Prime. All right, so today I am actually really excited to do this podcast. I've wanted to do it for a very long time, and uh, ever since I heard the original broadcast of the podcast, I wanted to, to, to share this with you guys. A lot of people ask, um, why why should I journal, right? And I think I did a whole podcast on how I should journal, how I journal, and all the other things, and I think that uh, you should go listen to that if you haven't already, but the question is, is why do I need to journal? What's the purpose of it? What does it bring me? What does it do for me? It feels like it's just a waste of time, right? Even if, you know, people read it or if nobody reads it, it's still a waste of time. And I I think it's such a great question and it's a deep one, right? It's an important question about why do we journal? And for many of you know that I listen to that, I listen to the Jordan B. Peterson podcast, and I really enjoy that. And I think he's got a lot of really good uh, inspiration, but also a lot of really good interesting kind of facts. And I'm going to share a portion of his season two episode 23 episode that was uh, why you should treat yourself as if you have value. Which is a really good podcast. You should listen to. Uh, it's available where all the podcasts are. So go listen to that whole episode. It's about uh, it's about an hour and sixty. Well, it's almost about two hours long. Um, so it's got a long time, but it's really good. I'm gonna I'm gonna play an eight uh, eight minute clip for you here in the middle of the podcast uh, that is very very pertinent to this particular topic, and I think it's something that uh, will be very interesting for you guys. So. Go check it out if you haven't listened to it already. It's the Jordan B. Peterson podcast episode, season two, episode 23. And this is starting at the 40-minute 40, 40 mark exactly, ironically so.
1: And Pennebaker, he did some interesting work. He was trying to do experimental tests of a, a, a hypothesis that was generated by Sigmund Freud. So Freud believed that if you had... N- negative past experiences, childhood experiences, but not just childhood experiences, things in your past that were still bothering you, crises, traumas, that sort of thing, that if you talked about them, and you had a chance to express the emotion that was associated with that experience, then that would be curative. That's the uh, catharsis model of psychodynamic cure. Express the emotion. And so, Um, Pennebaker decided to test that. So what he did, it's a very cool set of experiments. He had students come in, university students come in, and for, for 15 minutes a day, for three days in a row, they would write about the worst thing that happened to them, or the worst thing they did. And then he had a control group, just write for the same amount of time, about some, you know, trivial daily occurrences, so that he could test whether or not it was the writing, or if it was the specific writing. And what Pennebaker found was that if you did that, first you felt worse. That lasted for about two weeks. But if you followed people up for about six months, they got physically healthier. That was the biggest effect. They got less anxious, That was, and their, their mental health improved. But they got physically healthier, healthier. Their immune systems even improved. There's about 40 studies demonstrating this now. It's been generalized, actually to the point where it turns out that if you get people to write about anything in their life that's uncertain, it has that curative effect. And in some sense, that's not surprising, because, well, obviously, uncertainty is stressful, whether it's about the past, or the present, or the future. And just as obviously, one of the things you could do about what's uncertain is think about it. I mean, that's what thinking is for you think about things you don't know and hopefully that clarifies them hopefully that's useful and if it's useful and it simplifies the world then perhaps you can be less stressed and if you're less stressed you don't produce cortisol which is a st- primary stress hormone and cortisol overproduction makes you age so if you're if you can reduce the uncertainty in your life through thinking then you get healthier and and that that happens. That happens. And so, and a really good way of thinking is writing. One way of thinking, good way of thinking is to think, but thinking is very hard, and it's not clear how many people can do it. Because to think, thinking isn't just having something occur in your head. That's just the first part. You know, a thought occurs to you. To think, you have to let thoughts occur to you, or allow them to. Then you have to notice the thoughts. Then you have to generate, like an avatar that isn't you, that takes a counter-position to the thoughts, then you have to have an argument between the thoughts, and you have to do that all inside your head. And that's hard. The easiest thing to do is just assume that what you thought up is correct. It's like, it's not. Right? It needs some work, man. Like, plenty of it. And so it's not easy to think. It's, and it, it's, it's, it's a lot of internal conflict. It's very stressful. And so, so what people usually do to think is talk. They talk to other people. Because other people will help you clarify your stupid idea. And so then you won't walk off a cliff while you're enacting it. Right? And so, this is part of the reason why free speech is a paramount responsibility. Not only a right. Because, yeah, well, and the reason is... The, the fundamental reason is, is life is very hard, so you have to think. And mostly you think by talking to other people. And so, if you don't let people talk stupidly, which is how you talk to begin with, then you don't let them think. And if you don't let them think, then they don't think. Then they do stupid things, and then everything goes to hell. And so that's why... Free speech isn't another right. That, that isn't how it works. It's the, it's the fundamental process by which everything else manifests itself properly. And so, to misunderstand that is to misunderstand what's most fundamental. So, so, anyways, so Pennebaker showed that if you had people write about what was uncertain, they got physically healthier. And then it turned out, whether it didn't matter whether you wrote about the past, and terrible things that had happened to you, or things you were uncertain about in the present, or whether you wrote about the future. And so, I, I could see the parallel between P- Pennebaker's work, and the goal-setting work. And then, there was another thing Pennebaker showed too, which was really cool. So, he was testing the catharsis hypothesis, right? Write about terrible things that happened to you, express the emotion that's associated with that, and, and be better. So what Pennebaker did, and he kind of pioneered this, was he went in and analyzed the words that people used when they were writing about things that happened to them that weren't good. And he classified them. He classified them into emotion words. That was one category. He used a bunch of categories, but the ones we're concerned about, he used emotion words and cognitive words. So, an emotion word would be hate, or anger, or fear, joy, something like that. And a cognitive word would be understand, or see, or illuminated, or enlightened, or or something, something like that. And what he found was it wasn't the use of emotion words that predicted whether or not people got better. It was use of cognitive words. So, when you face your past, the terrible things in your past, or when you face uncertainty, it isn't the fact that you express emotion that is what does the trick. It's that you understand what the experience was, that you come to comprehend it. And then you might ask, well, what does it mean to understand a terrible experience? Well, it's sort of like coming to master fire. Like, if you don't if you, if you don't know how to deal with fire, you stick your hand in the fire and you get burnt. And that's a terrible thing. And then you might think, well, fire is dangerous and you should stay away from it. But if you learn to master fire, well, then it's not dangerous at all. Then it's a tool and an unbelievably powerful tool. And so the terrible things in your past are sort of like that. It's like what you want to do is you don't want to express the emotion that's associated with them. You want to figure out how it was that you were in a position where that terrible thing happened. What, ca- what were all the causal connections that led up to it manifesting itself? And then you want to retool yourself, so the probability that that thing won't happen to you again in the future. So that there's a high probability that won't happen to you again in the future. So, the issue is, why do you remember the past? And the answer isn't to form a record of the past. The answer is so that you can extract from the past information needed to not repeat stupid things that happened to you in the past. So basically, it's a mapping function, right? You're walking through life like it's a territory, now and then you fall into a pit. And when you come out of the pit, you think, okay, here's a bunch of reasons I fell into that pit, how about if I don't do that again? And so then, even though there's pits everywhere, because the world is full of sharp places and nasty turns, you can maybe learn how to negotiate through it so that you don't fall prey to it. And so if you do that, well that's understanding. Then you don't have to be anxious about those situations anymore. And so then you don't have to be afraid of them. So the emotions disappear. But not because you expressed them. It's a secondary consequence. So so that was extremely useful as well. Pennebaker's discovery and his clarification of what the curative process was in facing things that made you uncertain or afraid.
0: So that was what uh, I thought was just fascinating. I think it's such an interesting topic. And I mean, he said it, it, it's, it's all in the literature. It's all in the science that writing about the things that you're anxious about. And it's funny for me in my personal experience, what I have found is that even when I write about things I'm not that anxious about, I just write about my day. I write about things that, you know, it's like the things that end up on the paper that where my mind goes with the process it, all of a sudden it becomes clear to me that they were the things I was worried about, right? The things that that stick in my mind, the things that I remember, the things that I think about, the things that, that come out in my writing process, those are my anxieties, you know? Sometimes they're the things that are good, but even the things that are good, there's always a tinge of, well, I might lose that or that may not happen again, and so I want to make sure to keep the record, but having that... That record is is so interesting, and it's such an important part of, for me, being able to tackle this, what arguably could be an unsurmountable goal of creating this amazing thing. Like it's it's, I'm so anxious all the time because there's so much that could go wrong at any given time, and it it's only because of. of of the ability that I I have to write in my journals that I've am able to organize my anxiety and and keep it at bay. And I'm able to look at the the successes we've made as genuine real success. That is, is the result of, of thinking it's the result of, of, of actively working through the steps in on paper and with pen. And that's why I would encourage you that, that you should journal it's for your health both mental and more importantly, physical as, uh, as he pointed out. So if you're looking to get started on a journal, if you're looking to write and you're looking to jump into this and you want to be healthier and you want to get better and you want to feel that mental control that, that journaling can provide, uh, I'd encourage you to check out our website, check out a number two, if you want to get into that direction. Otherwise we've got a lot of great options for journaling. Alright folks, thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to check back in on Thursday for our next topic and this one is one that I've waited a long time to talk about. I'm going to tell you guys what happened with our space and uh, and how that went wrong. So, uh, Check that out. Don't forget to check that subscribe button below to be sure to get the latest podcast right away. If you have any questions or concerns about your leather binders, please feel free to contact us on the main page of our website at murtycreative.co or you can contact us via Facebook and Instagram. You can text, email, call, direct message, all the usuals. I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as possible, but I do appreciate your patience. Uh, that being said, if you think we deserve it, a good review can go a long way to help us grow our new community. And word about this is still the best form of advertising, so please tell your friends. And if you're interested in joining our brand ambassador program, those of you who join the program are able to earn cool rewards, uh, cash prizes, in-store gift cards for being able to just, you know, sharing that, uh, sharing your Murdy number, whatever, with uh, with the community. So check that out at murdycreative.co slash ambassadors. Uh, also, if you want to leave a review about a product, uh, check us out on Facebook. There's a whole section on our Facebook page where it's reviews you can just write do you recommend the Murdy creative co you click yes and then you write your review so go check that out there if you have any podcast topics you want to hear more about send them my way i'm always happy to engage with our growing community and i want to give you guys what you want if you're looking for multiple binders for gifts giveaways menus really any reason ask about our book discounts available thank you so much for tuning in have a great day and goodbye